What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Den Talks Podcast is powered by DenAnywhere.com. You guys go to DenAnywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to DenAnywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived, so if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. We've got Gal Sasson back on, um, one of our favorite astrologers. We had him doing an incredible workshop right when the pandemic started, where he did really predict things based on the chart. And so we continue from there and really talk about where we're headed. And he talks a lot about what's going to happen in December. But more importantly, we have an incredible series with him coming up starting September 5th. It's four classes. They're about an hour and 15 each. And it's how to learn to read your chart. And even if you know astrology and know the basics of how to read a chart, he is so brilliant. He brings in Kabbalah and history and mythology and religion. And there's so many layers that he will give you a perspective on how to read a chart that you probably don't even know. And you're just going to be able to go deeper and deeper and deeper. But he's really going to show you how to understand your chart and other people's charts so you can actually have a deeper understanding for your makeup and where it is that areas you can grow. It's going to be an incredible series and I'm so excited. So we talk a little bit about that as well. Um, He's always fascinating. There's always something to learn. There's always tidbits. There's always moments of every conversation we have with him that you're like, oh my God. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have those jaw-dropping moments as well. And I really hope you sign up for the course. So go to denanywhere.com, go to courses and certifications and make sure you sign up there. Again, it's denanywhere.com. It's a four-week course, about an hour and 15 each class starting September 5th. Learn how to read your chart. How are you doing, Gal? Because I know you're so used to traveling. Yeah, but it's nice. It's my first summer here in 15 years. So I get to eat my peaches and my big trees. You know, I get to... Uh, Your jungle over there. I love it. And I got, I, um, I got this guy, which I would never get if I, uh, <laughs> if I would... Um, uh, his name is Bunga Bunga. Bunga! He's beautiful. It's be- he beautiful. He is. <laughs> oh, he just loves you. He's a Capricorn with Cancer rising and Moon in Aries. Yeah, he's named after Banga, who was the dog uh, of Pontius Pilate in the um, the book um, Mar- Master and Margarita. Um, he's beautiful. Where'd you get him? Um, you know, it was interesting. It was the beginning of the pandemic and everybody, I wanted a, I wanted a Bengal because my other cat was a Bengal and they're not affectionate, you know, but I'm not the most affectionate person myself. So it's not like I can ask them to be something I'm not, Right. Um, but they're very whimsical and athletic and, um, highly intelligent and they get along very well with dogs. Not that I have a dog, but in general, so I wanted a Bengal, but they're really expensive and you know, people ask for 1700 2000 and it's like, come on, there's so many kittens out there that need an option. So I just went on Craigslist like any good person should. 
and I put Banga, uh, I put uh, Bengal to see if anything comes up. And he has like, his mother was Bengal and she had sex with like some dude who is not from her race, you know, she's very open. So um, uh, he came out to be who he is, you know, half Bengal, half something else. And, and A little because I, I saw him, he was giving you lots of love. Yeah, he's a, he's a character. He's very funny. He's very, very fun. He's a funny cat. <laughs> I never had a funny cat. He's a funny cat. He does things that you love, you know. But that's very Capricorn. You know, Capricorns are very funny. They're miserable, but they're very funny. It's, it's a tough sign, right? It's... Yes, it is a very tough sign. It's the sign has to do with uh, suffering, challenges. Because the thing about astrology is that people don't always get that we all have all the signs inside of us. It's very democratic. It's like the round table, you know, King Arthur, there were 12 knights. And that's the same thing. Um, it's the same thing that has to do with um, a, the concept that you actually have a piece of everybody around you inside of you. So when you go to demonstrations and you are screaming Black Lives Matter, you have inside of you that sign, that energy. Not only because you probably have been in a past lifetime somebody who has suffered from some form of prejudice, if not from skin, then from orientation or from being the wrong gender in the wrong time. The same thing with the signs. You think that you're an Aries or that you're a Taurus, but you have by default some place in your chart which is... Capricorn, ruled by Capricorn. Because what we have in our chart, imagine it to be like a pie that is sliced and every slice is a house. A house is an area in our life that um, affects us. You know, like the same thing in your house, you have different kind of rooms. So you can say astrology is the feng shui of the soul. So you have a house called a house of relationship and a house called a house of money and a house called a house of health and the house of career and the house of past lives, the house of sex. So you could see which sign rules all of these houses. Because it's a circle and there's 12 signs, any, all of the signs will have to have a house that they rule. It is impossible for you to be a person that says, sorry, I don't have any Capricorn. You do. Maybe even your house of relationship is in Capricorn. And that's why you are now having a hard time with your relationship. Or that's maybe why you have patterns in relationship. And it's nothing personal against Capricorn. It's because of the real estate. Now, everything in astrology is about real estate, not of space, but real estate of time. So Capricorn is born in the Northern Hemisphere, where astrology was de developed by the Sumerian and by the Greek and the Romans, and of course, by the Indians. Um, it is the time where it is the coldest, there is no food. It's coming up right after Christmas. So think about it in the Northern Hemisphere, it's cold. Uh, there is no game. There is no trees to gather food from, no berries, it's, it's, it's dead. Everything is dead. So whatever you didn't collect, you cannot eat. So that means that, you know, all the stories about the ant and the fox, you know, and all these stories about the animals that are hardworking in the summer so they can enjoy winter, that's all Capricorn stories. Because if you're not disciplined, if you're not budgeted, if you're not um, a frugal, you will die and your family will die. So Capricorn is all about budgets, about a plan, about strategy. Uh, they're considered to be stingy, but they're not stingy. They just save to the future. It's almost like coming to the, to the producer of a movie and saying, why don't you just give us money? Because we have a budget. It's 115 million and you already spend 114 and we need something for marketing. But we need that shot of a spacecraft coming from the, no, 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 you cannot do it. Do something else, you know, 
you're so cheap. You're, you're all about money. I'm not about money. I'm about person who actually cut your check to pay for your food. So it's my job to be a Capricorn and to pay attention to these things. So that's why, for example, even in the tarot cards, uh, which we're actually going to mention a lot in the class that we're going to do in September in, uh, with the Den Meditation, is that the tarot cards are very much uh, associated with astrology and with Kabbalah. And the tarot card for Capricorn is the devil. And it's not because the devil really exists. The devil does not exist. But what does exist is the fear of the devil. So what the devil is, is a vessel of what is our fear, and especially the fear of survival, the fear that we will not be, that we will cease to be. So that's why we associate Capricorn with the devil and with fear and with panic. You know, panic comes from the word pan. Pan was half goat, half human. So it's all coming back from those, um, you know, mythologies. But it's also the place in your chart where you have the most amount of patterns that if you break, you have the ultimate success. So that's the beautiful thing about Capricorn. It rules pain, it rules suffering, it rules difficulties, it rules karma, but it also rules success. It also rules recognition. So depending what house it falls in for you, you're saying, and everyone has one, which we all know. So if Capricorn falls in, like you were saying, your house of sex, for instance, or if it falls there, you know that that's probably an area of your life you might have more challenges, but if you can overcome them, it's the biggest growth you can possibly have anywhere in your chart. That's the, that's the message of Capricorn. And also where you have Capricorn, because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, because every, in astrology, every sign is a field, an energy field, and it has a ruler. So the same way that, uh, I don't know, in England, there is the queen, okay? That is the ruler and her kingdom is England and she's the queen. So the same thing, every sign has a king or a queen. So for example, Capricorn is ruled, said to be ruled by Saturn. Saturn is the one that gives the energy. It's almost like having a car and the engine. So the planet is the engine, the car's design, how it's um, uh, all, the, all the mechanics and everything, how it looks, how it flows is much more the sign. So the engine behind Capricorn is Saturn and Saturn in Greek is Kronos. Kronos is the Lord of time. So what Saturn's message is, is everything A, is healed by time, but also that wherever you have Capricorn in your chart is where you have a, the most amount of lessons that will take time. That's where you are a late bloomer, but you are a bloomer. And usually they say after the age of 40. 40, you said. 40 is considered to be the age of wisdom. But, you know, because astrology was developed a long time ago and 40 was like, wow, he's 40. Uh, maybe today it's a little bit, you know, longer than that because people didn't survive much more than 40 anyway. So now we're hovering around 50. We got more to wait. <laughs> I think that 60 is the next is the new 40s. So here's my question about so let's say we'll stick with Capricorn for a second. If Capricorn's your sun sign and then that obviously will fall in a house and everyone's is going to be different. So every Capricorn is going to have their Capricorn in an actual different house, correct? Mm -hmm. Does it is there more emphasis because it's also your sun sign so like where the house that your son falls in is there a more emphasis because it's your sun sign yeah. well because first of all the houses are determined by the time of birth so if you don't have your time of birth it's very difficult to tell your uh, houses because the house system is built on the rising sign and the rising sign changes every two hours therefore the time is very very important and what happened with um, uh, the houses the houses are the areas in your life where the planets, which is the energy source, are uh, shining through the filter of the sign. So what I always say to people that the easiest way to remember it is that the houses are where 
the planets are what, what kind of energy, and the signs is how that energy is manifested. So for example, if your sun, sun is all about self-identity, your capital is in, let's say, Taurus, which is the filter of beauty, art, sensuality. Okay, so you're a very sensual person because your self-identity is going through the filter of Taurus. But where does it, uh, where does it show? Where is the um, screen? In, where is the monitor where you can actually see it and experience the fact that you have your self-identity in beauty, art, and design? That's the house. Maybe you have it in the house of relationship. So it's not you who are very beautiful and designing and connected to five senses. You are attracted to that or that's what your partner is. Maybe you have it in the house of career. Okay, so your self-identity as the sun going through the filter of Taurus, which is all about cooking, let's say, is in your career. Go be a chef. So these are the three very, very important uh, um, way of looking at chart interpretation. And then the three most important things, you can call it the trinity, um, is your sun sign which expresses your self-identity but also what you strive to become you know you're born a certain sign not because you're that already you have to prove it you know what I mean it's almost like being born a spider-man doesn't make you a superhero now you have to go and make the right choices train do decide which kind of crime you want to fight in order to be a superhero the fact that you're born one does not make you one so if you're an Aries it doesn't mean you're a leader you have, to, you have the tools to learn to be a leader. It's almost like being born very, very tall and athletic. It doesn't mean you're a, you're a basketball player, sorry. You have the potential of being a basketball player, yeah. But, you know, get up, run, do your, train every day six hours, you know, watch your knees, do all of these things so you can be a basketball player. So the sun is your identity, but also what you strive to become. Your rising sign is the path that you choose to get to that um, accomplishment, meaning that that's the path you choose to get to your identity. So let's say you are um, in Sagittarius. Your son is in Sagittarius. You're very, again, let's give the example of athletic. You're very athletic. Okay, but your rising sign might be Pisces, and Pisces is more about mysticism. So your way of being athletic would be through mysticism. Oh, okay, I'll be a yoga teacher, you know. So um, that's how that could work. But uh, then we have your moon sign, and the moon sign is your feminine energy or how would you, um, what would be the best way for you to react or how you react in a reflective way or in, through your instinct. So for example, let's say heaven forbid there is an accident and you get out of your car, the way you react like that, like their instinct is how your moon sign is. So you can be, let's say a Libra, very peaceful with Libra rising. Wow. Very, very peaceful. But your moon is in I don't know, Leo, and there was an accident, you're going to come out of the car, you're a drama queen, you're starting to make a fuss, you're crying, you're laughing, you're doing all of these crazy things to get attention. You know, it's completely not Libra because we caught you off guard, you know. So the sun is Apollo. You know, even uh, Nietzsche talked a lot about the difference between a Polonian uh, identity and Dionysian. That was like the Dionysius is very much about chaos and art and Apollo is much more reason. So the sun is much more your reasonable. The moon is much more your animalistic. That's why we say werewolves and Dracula transforms on the full moon. And today, by the way, when we're recording it, is the biblical um, day of love. So it's a full moon, full moon, funny enough, in Aquarius. And Aquarius is the sign of astrology. And the rising sign is not a planet, it's not a generator of energy, it's a placeholder. And it describes your body, your identity, your image, how you dress, uh, how you deal with your own body, how, you, how the people perceive you. That's why your rising sign is very important. That's your trinity, your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. It's like the father, the mother, and the child. 
And it's so interesting because so many people, I mean, it's one of the reasons learning to read your chart, which is why I'm so excited about this course that we're doing. It's so huge because you don't realize, like you said, we have every single sign in our chart somewhere. And that is how you get to the nitty gritty of the human. Because a lot of people are like, how can I be an Aries and these five people I know be Aries and we're nothing alike. So what's the village? Yeah. I mean, there's a few things. First, you are, your sun sign is only one of the signs. We said there is a rising sign, complete, completely different expression of that sun sign. Then it could be that your moon sign is completely different. And then you have your Venus sign and your Mercury sign and your Saturn sign and your North Node and your South Node. And on top of everything, you have a soul that reincarnated many lifetimes. So if I'm an Aries with Leo rising, and maybe I should be, uh, I don't know, um, a general in the army or whatever, and I have been in past lifetimes again and again and again in the armies, in the armies in China, in the armies in Japan, in the armies in Greece, and I don't know everything there is to know my soul subconsciously about armies, I will be a very, very famous general. While you, this is your first time, before that you were, I don't know, a doctor, before that you were a teacher, it's kind of new for you. The smell of the guns is a little bit disturbing. You're a little bit allergic to the oil that we use to kind of like uh, lubricate it. And you're a soldier. You can manage. You're not going to die at the war, but you're not as much a fighter as I am because of my past lives. So don't forget that uh, who we are is a certain vessel that the soul is poured into. And the soul also creates that vessel. It's kind of an interaction. It's a correlation between the vessel and the soul, the body and the soul. And therefore, there is a kind of influence when going back and forth. So we always have to remember that uh, past lives uh, or future lives or present lives, because everything is happening at the same time, uh, are very, very important in deciding who you are and why you are different than another person who might have the same sign. I mean, the same chart. I mean, think about twins. I had a lot of times that I had to do charts to twins. I was just about to ask. And, and they have the same chart precisely. Okay, they're born three minutes apart. Three minutes, you know, unless the, the rising sign changes, it's not a big deal but they're different because they had different past. You know, so now the thing that I did notice about uh, twins, like for example, I had a twin couple, a twin uh, come to me uh, and I did their charts. And it was interesting because uh, one of them had a business partner for 20 years and their business was amazing and they were best friends, but he could never get a partner in life. Never, I mean, nothing. His brother has a partner in life for like 20 years, they met at the same time, that partner with a partner in work and that partner with a partner in life. <laughs> but he can never make it in work. He doesn't have a good work. He doesn't, I mean, his brother supports him basically. And it was really interesting for me to see how the chart activated relationship in them both. One of them got it in work and the other one got it in life. But it's the same principle, it's the same house. Remember what was in that house for them? It was when they met, when their partners met, it was Saturn. Saturn is actually a planet that's supposed to be difficult, but long lasting. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a galvanizing thing. Um, then I noticed that they were going through health issues at the same time, but different bodies, parts of their body. You know, so there was definite parallel between both of them. But as an astrologer, your job is also to use intuition to know, to translate the symbolism into actual practical uh, manifestations and that's why i always tell people people ask me if i'm psychic i don't think i'm psychic per se i think that anybody who is doing their job well whether it's a mother um, raising her kid whether it's a stay-at-home dad whether it's an accountant whether it's a doctor whether it's a owner of a meditation uh, then you know it doesn't really matter what you do a gardener a, a pet um, a, a dog walker you are a combination of experience and intuition 
And if you have one and not the other, you're not as good. If you have only intuition and you're psychic, okay, what if happened tomorrow? You ate a lot of, uh, you had too much to drink yesterday and today your psychic energy is blocked. Or you just had some kind of a fight with your partner and you can't stop thinking about him so you can't channel anything. You're useless to me now. Or a person who is only about experience and only copy-pasting thing, you're also useless because my case could be a little bit different and I need your, your, your touch. So what we need is always a combination of both. And it's, it's so interesting you say that because, like you said, if you're good at what you do, chances are you're connecting to a different energetic mm-hmm. pattern anyway that's going to give you that information. Yeah, it's like uh, the Buddhist talked about in the Heart Sutra. Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. Form is your experience and your knowledge. Emptiness is that thing you just described that goes through it. It's like the Holy Grail and the Holy Water. They need each other. How, I mean, I love that you talked about twins because I was going to ask you that question because, you know, my daughter now has so many friends that are twins and I've often thought about that. I'm like, what's the time difference they would need to have legitimately different charts? It depends. It could be two minutes make a difference and it could be an hour and a half and no difference so it really depends on the rising sign and how the planets are positioned within the houses so that's more geometrical and mathematical but i think also that there's more twins lately uh, also in certain western civilizations that are more affluent because a lot of people are now uh, giving birth later in life and and because of that their fertility is a little bit lower so they have to go through more treatments and that's why we have more twins now Twins are lovers from past lifetimes. And that's why the tarot card for uh, Gemini is uh, gemelos. Gemini is coming from the word gemelos, uh, twins in Latin, um, is uh, the lovers. So twins are, and you know where it comes from. It actually, one day I discovered that because I didn't see it written anywhere, but it totally suddenly made sense to me because I was really pissed at somebody talking about Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve, and all that kind of stuff. So people abuse mythologies the way they want because obviously there was never an Adam and Eve. It was just a story that was so powerful that captured the imagination of Muslim Jews and Christians. But if you really think about it, and I love the story of Adam and Eve. Just yesterday we did the class on relationship. We did it actually, the first class we did in the Den Meditation was about the relationship, and I talked about Adam and Eve. If you think about it, according to Genesis 1, they were born at the same time from the same parents. It specifically said, let us make men in our own image. Mm-hmm. Let us. And even the rabbis didn't know what to do with the us because even the name of God in Genesis is Elohim, which is plural of El. So you can say us is mommy and daddy, goddess and God. Some rabbis say, no, 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 there is no goddess. There is God and his, of course, many children, sons of gods. There is no daughters of God, of course. So that obviously is a little bit tinted by some misogynistic um, Near Eastern, or not Near Eastern, all over the world. But if you think about it, they were born at the same time, at the same day, at the same moment, from the same parents, which by default makes them twins. So they're twins first, then lovers. And that was very, very common in the Mesopotamian mythologies. You have it with Osiris and Isis, that the twins are also lovers. You know, but that was more an idea that the concept of twins is that they're so connected in their souls that they're basically twin flames, souls that were connected before. It's so fascinating because I've always found the concept, especially of twins nowadays, because like you said, a lot of it is due to fertility. And so I always found the concept of genetically speaking, how a lot of twins are twins, yet they could have been conceived at totally different times because it could be from different rounds mm-hmm. of actually, get, which I always found amazing. I'm like, that's so interesting because 
you could conceive one embryo, and they could be a year apart actually, embryo-wise, and then put in the belly at the same time and then become twins. So it yeah, is- That's why there are never gonna be uh, identical twins. Right. So that's a little bit of a difference because they have, I think, 50% of uh, similarity instead of 100% similarity. Um, but um, yeah, but twins anyway, identical or not, are associated with the lovers. And that's why they have this, Gemini is all about communication. That's why they have this very strong communication on all levels. That's right. And they always say they have their own language usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're, talk about also a little bit, like when you're looking at your chart, again, the nuance of it, because I do find that you can keep looking and looking because it's like you said, it's the planets, how the planets communicate. It's the houses, it's your specific signs. It gives so much detail to who you are and how you function. And also, also explain how that's helpful to someone, how someone can use a chart where it's not a crutch, but it is actual very useful information. You know, for a lot of people, it is, um, it is very important in order to create, like it's like a map. It's like a GPS in a sense for the soul. Uh, because, um, you know, it's like people ask, why do you use Google Map? Because you want to go from one place to the other and you want to know the shortest or the fastest or the best way to get there. And that's what the charts do. So, for example, a person is going through a certain uh, challenge in um, a relationship. So you can see that there's Saturn, let's say, or some planet is causing some issues on in the house of relationships. First of all, you have a timing thing to it. It helps you to understand what is the time frame of it. But also it helps you really understand the lesson of what is a, the, what are you going through. Because sometimes when we go through certain situation, we're so involved in it and we're so inside of it that it's very hard for us to go back outside and have a reference point. It's a reference point. Not only that, in astrology believes that everything is part of the one and astrology is determined by the conversion of space and time. That's why when you go to an astrologer, they ask you, when were you born and uh, where you were born? Space and time converge, gives birth to you. It's like father, space, mother, time, whatever, or the opposite. So the thing about your, um, uh, your, your, your connection, I mean, the astrology's connection to space and time, that it really helps us determine, for example, when you should start a process, because the law of beginning that very much guides astrology, the same way that the law of beginning means that if I can, if you can tell me when you began, what do you mean when I began? When you took your first breath? Oh, well, it was 7th of June, 1976 at five o'clock in the morning in Georgia. Okay, that's your law of beginning. So by checking what happened around that time, we can unfold what is not only happening with you now, but also what's happening in the past and what's happening in the future. Because astrology has transits and progression, which keeps up with the flow of the planets right now and how they relate to the planets when you were born. So according to the law of beginning, even how when you get married or the time you get married or the place you got married or the date, or if you open a business, can really determine not only that, if it's going to be good or bad, good and bad are you know, silly questions, but how it unfolds and what can you do to help it. So for example, a lot of mothers come to do their charts for their kids to see what is conducive for their growth. You know, um, not if they're going to be successful or not, because that's a free will situation. You know, that depends on them. It's like I told you, this, the, the basketball player who is really tall, lanky, and very, very athletic. Okay, it doesn't mean that he's going to be good, but he has the range of genetics or the range of probabilities or the chart to be very successful at this specific subject. Now it's up to him. 
And that's something very, very important that's a little bit different between the Vedic astrology and Western astrology, that in Vedic astrology, it's very much predetermined and fate, fate is very, very important because that's part of that culture. Um, what is happening in Western civilization, we are much more concerned with free will and the individual except of society in a sense. So that's why, uh, for example, free will is very much part of Western astrology. And for me, maybe I'm more extreme to the other side. I really believe in free will. So for me, uh, the chart is a suggestion and certain things happen because they must. For example, it is absolutely for sure that if you're going to be in London in the winter, it will rain. It's fated. It's absolutely sure. I can't tell you tomorrow or the day after, but it will rain. So if you're going to London in January, February, you have to take an umbrella. I don't want to. Don't. You don't have to take. But I can tell you it's fated to rain. You have a choice now if you're going to take an umbrella, if you're going to dress nice, or if you even decide to go to London because you hate rain and you don't want to go. But still, there is a place of fate. And inside that fate or around that fate, there is free will. So I think that astrology works in that manner. It gives us the situations that are faded, what they call, the Sufis called maktub, uh, from the word written. It is written. So certain things are written, but there's still dialogue that you can choose um, to say. Right, guys, August 22nd and 23rd, we have a compassion intensive. This is going to be incredible. It's with Heather Preet. It was developed by her. This is an incredible course that has a six week format. So you go on August 22nd, 23rd. It's going to be virtual. So you don't go anywhere actually, except for your computer, but it is virtual and it is from 12 to five, both days that week. And you're going to be learning the science, the practice, the history of compassion in a secular and ancient Buddhist context. It's going to be lectures, practice, readings, discussions, and it is a six week format so that after that, on your own, you're, being, you're given practices and meditations that you need to do each week for those six weeks, and it ends with a day-long retreat in October. Whether that retreat is in person or virtually, we do not know yet, but we will keep you posted. But regardless, this is an incredible six-week format of a course that allows you go to deeper into yourself and understanding compassion for yourself, for others, and universal compassion. I hope you sign up. Go to denanywhere.com now. Go to Courses and Certifications. Okay, amazing announcement. There is a silent retreat happening this weekend. Go to denanywhere.com to sign up. It is in the Hollywood Hills. We are doing very limited sign up, so everyone will be spaced out. There's going to be a totally open wall with the air coming in. We are making it as safe as possible. So come if you need this time and have a moment of silence and actually be guided by Heather Preet, who is incredible, and be able to go deeper. This is a tough time for everyone. So if you are able, we are providing this. But again, it's very limited sign ups in order for us to follow all safety protocols. Everything will be cleaned. We will be on on top of it. But if you're interested, go to denanywhere.com or shoot us an email if you want more information. And so certain things like you can look at your chart and you can tell, I mean, which is interesting. We should talk about it because we talked a little bit about, we did that amazing workshop, right? You know, when Corona was starting in the pandemic and quarantine, and you were kind of talking a little bit about the U.S. chart and the world chart and what's going on. Um, and you were saying there's certain things that you can see with certain planets when you know it's just going to be turbulent time. So no matter what, like you can tell this is probably going to be a hard year for you or a great year or an easy year. Mm -hmm. you, you can get a sense of those things. Yeah. And also, I mean, I try not to use, um, I don't believe in negativity. Right. So 
I mean, even though I can be very negative on myself and I can be very, maybe because of that, I can really be aware of the negative. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Aspects of negativity. So I try not to sugarcoat things, but to give the opportunity or give the more the interpretation that can be more empowering for people so that there is space for free will. And that's something that I've noticed that some astrologers don't do. And that's why and I try to go sometimes to astrologers just to see not necessarily about my chart, but how they work with it and to try to learn or to try to experience certain things and to say to myself, this I'm not going to do. You know? So I try to create a space where people identify where they have much more free will. You know, for example, Saturn is moving on top of Venus. That usually talks about the aspect of marriage. Uh, sorry, divorce. You know, traditionally, Saturn on top of Venus, you're reassessing your relationship. Okay, but wait. I have already learned that Venus is not only about your, business, your partner in life, it could be partner in uh, business. So before, people would say divorce. That's the aspect of divorce. And it happens a lot, to be honest. When Saturn is on top of Venus, people get divorced. People get uh, start the divorce process. They actually get it done. Uh, they reassess the relationship, break up, blah, blah. But sometimes I ask people, Do, does your husband have a business partner? Yeah, how is it going with the business partner? Really bad. They don't. Okay. So Saturn on top of Venus is going to give him the possibility to actually break away from that, you know, or Saturn on top of Venus. Do you have a partner? No. Great. So Saturn on top of Venus means that you might meet somebody that you've known in the past. Remember we said Saturn is Kronos. It's time. Or somebody you've met in past lifetime or somebody that you're going to meet and then they're going to leave. Uh, because they had a job offer in Hong Kong and then they're going to come back. And then after a while, you're going to be together. Or let's say you have a relationship. It's going okay. Saturn is on top of Venus. Certain dates, I tell them, listen, around that time, it's very sensitive. There is a big deluge of energy. So make sure that you're not reactive. If you want to be with a guy, that you are forgiving, that you're not um, falling into these patterns or these temptations. Remember, Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. Capricorn is the devil. Devil is temptation. Temptations of fear. What about me? Try in this next few months to be more chilled. Now, some people can't. <laughs> and sometimes it's bigger than them. And then they get divorced. Okay? Because maybe they're supposed to be with somebody else. But what I'm saying is that there is, there's, it's almost like I look at astrology or their chart Maybe because in a past lifetime I was a director. I look at it as a script. Yeah. A script. And, you know, people sometimes look at TV shows, especially. It's hard. It's strong in TV shows. And they say, oh, my God, this actor is really bad. No. The actor is okay. It's the director who's bad. Because the director should stop everybody and explain a little bit character what needs to be done. You know, help him out a little bit. Help her out. She seems to be out of place. So I think that a good astrologer is like a good director. This is the script. I'm not going to change the script now. I'm going to tell the actor how to act it. And instead of saying to be or not to be, no, you're being a little bit overdramatic. And you'd say it a little bit uh, without looking at the camera, looking at the floor, whisper it, try whispering. No, it doesn't work. Okay. So just speak it normally. Try to speak normal. Okay. That's great. Let's shoot that. You know what I mean? So we're giving the actor, which is us, a way to read the script in less, with less, 
with more authenticity, let's say that, with less fear. How, you know, you were talking about past lives affecting it. Is there anywhere you can look on the chart that gives a sense of past lives? Yeah, there is. A, first of all, we talked about it. It's Capricorn, Saturn. So houses where you have Capricorn is karmatic. Saturn, what is karmatic? Karmatic is not like you have bad things there. Karmatic means that you have actions in past lifetime. Then in this lifetime, you have a reaction. You stole something in that house. Now the police is knocking on the door. Did you steal it? Kind of. Okay. So <laughs> let's take you uh, to custom. You know what I mean? So where you have Saturn is also in Kabbalah, they call it Tikkun, what you came to fix. So it might be certain things that are hard, but they're hard because you decided that that's what you want to work on in this life. Then we have the 12th house, which is the house of karma and past lifetime, undoing jails, asylums, hospitals, you know, everything that confine us. And again, sometimes certain things we have done or experienced in past life, like post-traumatic disorder, is confining us. And also uh, the North and the South Node. The North Node represents what your soul desires to learn in this lifetime. The South Node represents what you've already mastered in past life. And you need to try kind of let it go. So these are aspects. So what if like you have a South Node and Capricorn in the 12th house? You know, South Node always means you have to let go. Let go. You have to let go of being isolated. You have to let go of being confined. You have to let go of always thinking about suffering yourself or other people. You know, and also you have to let go of past lives. It's almost as if it tells you, listen, yes, there is karma. And yes, there's certain things that you're not going to be able to do in this lifetime. You have to learn how to accept. It's basically a journey of acceptance. You have to accept. I don't want you have to accept. It ain't going to happen. So just accept it, you know, uh, that's a lot of time, the 12th house. Also, it talks about the North Node being in the 6th house because it's always opposite. Mm -hmm. And the 6th house is about service. So, you know, the more you serve, the more you connect to work, the more you connect to uh, diet, health, nutrition, helping people connect to those things, the more you are elevating your soul. Oh my God. I love, I mean, I love how much information you can get from a chart. I'm so excited about this class, but question. So when we talked about just to pick up from anyone who did our workshop, we were, you were saying, I think you were saying then that October looked like things were going to chill out. First you said June, but it depended how we handled it. And you're yeah, like, what happened with the, the way that it's happened is that Saturn was on top of Pluto in uh, January 12th. And that was the big marker for the, the virus, including the eclipses that happened in December 26th and, and January 10th. And eclipses last six months, if the lesson is learned. And that's, again, where free will is coming into action. If we all have learned the lesson, for example, in New Zealand, for example, even in, uh, a, I think that in Korea, they did a good job. In Finland, they did a good job. In Denmark, they did a good job. And their economies started to open and they're actually talking about schools and there are certain places in the world that they are free from the virus. Yeah, the virus is still going on and it's going to continue until there is a vaccine, that's for sure. But certain places that did uh, do what they needed to do or they had, in this case, women that were actually the uh, head of the countries instead of men that are still playing with their you know, certain organs in their body and with little cars, you know what I mean? So that's one problem. Now, the thing is that in October, November, a lot of the planets that were, ret were started going a retrograde, which means backward and less power that relate to the virus are starting to go direct in, in end of September, October, November. And that's why there is a danger of having another round over there. 
with my hope and my feeling, and we talked about it in the class back then, that in December, when, January, when Saturn and Jupiter are coming together for the first time in 20 years, but the first time since 1405 in an air sign, which is a big deal, and that's, you know, a big, big deal. That's happening in December 21, which is the winter solstice. So my feeling is that either then there is a vaccine and okay, we have to start distributing it or there's some kind of medicine that we take to prevent it. But I think it's in December. Talk about what that means when you say Jupiter and Saturn coming together and then especially in an air sign. Yeah, well, um, that's a little bit more. I'm actually writing now the 2021 book and I mention it there quite a lot. Um, Jupiter and Saturn come every 20 years together. There is an astrologer who was very famous in the 8th and 9th uh, century, Mashallah. And he was a Jewish astrologer in uh, Basra. And then they only moved to Baghdad. Baghdad was built at that time. And he was one of the astrologers that were asked by the Caliph at that time to decide when to start Baghdad. So they wanted to make it a startup, you know. They wanted to call it the city of peace. That's what Baghdad means. And they cast this chart specifically for a specific day to start building uh, Baghdad. And, you know, they made an amazing job. That's a proof that astrology works, one of the proofs, because that place became a center of learning for 500 years. It stood, and it was a place. Now you think Baghdad, oh my God, Saddam Hussein, wars. No, 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 no. But the origin of it, 500 years when it was actually built, was a city of peace. There was the house of wisdom, if anybody remembers. That's the place where scholars from all over the world came and translated Greek wisdom into Arabic. And that's why the reason why we still have the knowledge of ancient Greece, because in, in, England, in uh, Europe, they were busy and excommunicating everything that was not written by, in Latin and by Christian. So the fact that we know so much about that is because of Baghdad. And this guy noticed, he was a that every 20 years, Saturn and Jupiter come together. He even said that that's the, uh, the planet or the, the stars that the astrologers, the magus, uh, followed to reach Jesus, the, the Bethlehem star, what it's called. So Saturn, Jupiter converge every 20 years and they come together. You know, these are two forces in the tree of life. It's mercy and understanding, compassion and discipline. You know, it's very opposing forces, expansion and restriction. So they come together once in 20 years and every 20 years. So it was in 2000. It was in 1980, 81, 61, it's every 20 years. But every, he calculated that about every 200 years, they change an element. So from being in air or earth, fire, and so forth. And he said every 20 years, there could be change of leadership. Every 200 years, when they move elements, their empires fall, um, dynasties change, and that's happening to us right now in December. And that's the first time since 1802 that we're moving from the grand conjunction being in Earth. And think about it, industrial revolution, coal, coal mining, a diamond, um, a uranium, rare earth now to, to, to power your batteries and your uh, computers, um, petroleum, every energy came from the Earth, right? Now we're moving into air, alternative um, um, energy sources, solar, fire, uh, solar, sorry, wind. Uh, it could be also some new invention that we're not aware of. And it's going to be like that until 2199. Wow. So this is the time of air. And air is also communication, right? Air is communication, communities, people, democracy, progressive energy, much more connected to young people, artificial intelligence, all of those things. Yeah, innovation, technology. 
So it's, it, that's interesting because it feels like that's what's shifting, but it's been such an interesting time. And like, what do you feel like the charts say? We're not only obviously are constructs crumbling and, you know, forms that we're used to changing, but I, and I know you, you probably find it too. The split of thought is so great right now. And it's, I feel like it's these choices of, of not actually looking at what's in front, people just making choice of like a, a thought, a school of thought, like you have to choose one or the other. And it's like getting the divide is getting even the extreme. Yeah. It's every, everything is like that. That was, I was just writing now in the book uh, about how, when an age changes and that's what's happening at the end of this year, every age is born baptized with blood. I mean, because there is resistance. You go to a psychologist, you sit there, you come out of the psychologist in the first session. If he was a good therapist, crying not saying how was it amazing it was so much fun i'm gonna go next week what are you talking about most of the time there is what is called resistance resistance is how was it, it was terrible why was it terrible i don't know what am i paying for to cry and to bring up all of that terrible things no i you have to go and even freud told us there is resistance you know the same way that when i try to move this mic there is friction there is resistance against it it's a force that comes against it for every uh, action there is an opposite and um, equal reaction so there will be resistance and the resistance is that people fortify themselves in what is familiar and we're, because we're moving from earth which is traditional conservative uh, fearful towards air which is much more accepting more growth i mean you see it now very funny enough uh, around the tiktok you know, so there is an aspect of the TikTok that is from a, a China and it's uh, maybe they're collecting information. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, there's there's definitely no doubt that there is some uh, monkey business there. Right. Yes. But at the same time, the person who's trying to ban them is doing it not because he's so concerned about the, the information of the people that use it, because these people actually use TikTok to uh, shame him in many, many ways. You know what I mean? So now you see all of this, uh, this kind of like movement or what's happening with the post office right now or what's happening in, in, even in Brexit. It was the young against the old, half and half. You look at Turkey, the secular against the religion, half and half. You see it in Israel. You see it in the United States. You see it everywhere. Even when in, in Poland, which is a very traditional place, you saw the mayor of, of uh, Warsaw that represents the young. It was very, very, I mean, there was like almost hardly any difference between uh, the two sides. And then you have the prime minister who is basically a, a homophobe, a misogynist, uh, whatever you want to use, he's that, you know. So I think that that's very much what we're seeing now. Uh, we're seeing that split. And because you have split, for example, I get like, sometimes I get like these people sending me uh, because of my newsletter, you are far left. You are an anarchist. Me? Are you out of your mind? I mean, I am definitely not a far left anything. I grew up, uh, yeah, I lived in a kibbutz for a while, but um, that doesn't make me a communist or a socialist. I am actually, quite frankly, very, very central. I have a lot of friends who are Republicans, who are very moderate Republicans, and we can talk a lot about a lot of really nice things together. So what happened, if I noticed, is that even people that come to my classes and know me and understand me, if they're starting to call me far left, it means that their view is so much to the right that for them, like relatively speaking, like Einstein said, I'm so far, I must be far left because they would never describe themselves as far right. So that's what you're seeing now in the world, which is a little bit scary. Not only that, um, if you look at a lot of the aspects that are happening this year and last and next year, 
very similar to what happened in 1933. And we know what happened in 1993 with the rise of Nazism in Europe. And, you know, this demonstration that happened even two days ago in Berlin with 17,000 people without a mask, it was a big, big uh, wake-up call, I think, for a lot of Germans because a lot of them were actually organized by neo-Nazis. Now, the interesting thing is that their whole claim is that their freedom is taken away because they have to wear masks. Now, then I thought about it. Masks, I mean, face are ruled by Aries. Hmm. And uh, that's why superheroes, for example, like Zorro or Batman, they cover their face because it's very much related to Aries. Aries is I am. So this could be anybody. This is me. Well, it could be anybody. This can be me. So when you put something on your, fa in your face, you cover some of your identities. It's all, an, it's all an issue of I am. So when people are asked to put masks on, now, the, you know, one of the things about Aries, and I'm in Aries, is that Aries do not like to be told what to do. And you know it. You know, that's something that Aries have. So I have sympathy to them. I understand. Here is my, uh, here's my mask. I hate them. I hate them. And, and they noticed actually that men hate masks much more than women. And of course, Aries is a masculine sign. But the thing is that these guys are saying that they're slaves to the masks. And I'm like, oh my, goodness. come on. I mean, read a little bit of history and see what it means to be a real slave, real slave. And then tell me if this is similar to what you're experiencing, if you're using the same words. And also, they're complaining that their freedom is taken away from you. Come on, people, you're in Germany. Go look at other places in the world, like China, where people are in concentration camps and stuff like that. And then tell me if you're feeling really that you have no freedom. Besides, some of these neo-Nazis, what do they want? A fascist land, right? In fascism, I can tell you right now that you have way less freedom and you have much more slavery. Mm -hmm. But this is what happens right now when people are clouded by misinformation. And that's because even, uh, we talked about it before, the, the South Node now is, being, is in, in Sagittarius. South Node is what we are giving, experiencing difficulties with. And Sagittarius is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So that's part of the reasons why we are having all this misinformation that supports conspiracy theories and nonsense. You know, I have clients that are very respectable people even somewhat educated, believing that there is a cabal of uh, uh, celebrities that are eating brains and cannibalists and like, gee, I mean, come on, people, you have no th stories coming? Go open mythology books of, of, you know, ancient Greece or Norse and just dive into those stories. They're more true than what you're talking about. Well, I was going to ask, so what's the house for spirituality? Is that the... That will be the 12th house. The 12th house is usually the house of spirituality. It's the house of uh, mysticism, past lifetime. Um, but, you know, I think that spirituality, people think that there is, like, spiritual. what is your hobby? Um, I'm spiritual. That's, that, I mean, it doesn't work like that. Spirituality, by default, is oneness. Yeah. Oneness means unity. Therefore, there is no one house that relates to spirituality. That means that every house is spiritual if you do it the right way. I can't think of something more spiritual than being a mother. That's the fourth house. Or making love and getting into that tantric state. That's the eighth house, the house of sexuality. Or falling in love or raising a kid. That's the fifth house. That's the house of uh, love and children. Or uh, being able to use your talent in an artistic way and open people's heart. That's the second house, the house of talents. So really... Every house in the chart, if you do it the right way, is spiritual. Is there anything in the chart? Because I guess what I was going for is I, it, what you were hinting at the story is there's a lot of conspiracy theories that I find 
a lot of also the spiritual community, and I hate using the word spiritual too for exactly why you just said it, but I don't know how else to say it. Maybe the wellness community are grabbing onto. So I didn't know if there was anything in the chart about kind of stories or misinformation or it's funny. I feel like people are gravitating so hard to know like a one specific thing that it, they end up creating their stories just being created versus just kind of um, being, just be, I don't know. I don't know. I think that what happened recently, let's say in the last 10 years, is that uh, people became a little bit more lazy because of the accessibility of information. And because of Facebook, because of Twitter, that you can choose who you're going to listen to and who you like and who are your friends, which is a great thing. It's creating a community. But at the same time, you're hearing again and again and again people that are saying the same nonsense. And, you know, one of the reasons why the gay revolution happened is because things like Will and Grace and suddenly you have gays coming into your living room through your TV, but still it's into your living room in places that you never saw any gays or at least not gays that were allowed to be gays. So that's why more and more acceptability. It started even with um, a queer, queer, queer eye for the, for the straight, whatever. So all of these things, bringing those people that are strange and different into your life, then you see suddenly, oh, I don't care that he's black or I don't care that he's gay. I don't care that he's a woman. I don't care that she's a lesbian. She's actually a nice person. I know her. But before, you know, I had a client uh, in Esalen one time, and she grew up in the western part of Texas, and I think we talked about it, and, and she was absolutely sure, until she went to New York and studied there, the Jews had horns. Oh, my because God. There, they had no Jews, nowhere around, you know, so they were told again and again and again, the Jews had horns, so she knew the Jews had horn, and she even, when the first Jew she met, she really thought that he was shaving it, you know what I mean, to be normal, and it's not that she's an idiot, she's a very intelligent person. But she was taught all of these things and she never had that, that connection. So now what do we have? People watching only Fox News. And not only, not, only, not only because in studies now they found out that people that actually watch certain shows in Fox are more likely to get COVID and die from it just because it's misinformation. Mm-hmm. So they're watching only that and they're again and again and again hearing the same mantras. They're not listening to anybody else because I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. That's one of the reasons, for example, I sometimes do look at uh, um, things that folks are saying just to see what people are, are, are believing in, you know. I flip back and forth for that reason. Yeah. yeah, it's important. And on that same note, I feel like on Facebook, you know, a lot of people, I just keep seeing people always being like, I've taken off these friends. I've ta-, And I, I actually won't do it as hard as it is sometimes to see different, because I'm like, no, I think it's important to constantly see what the thought process is everywhere because like you said then other otherwise we're creating these weird defined lines and not understanding and so like i won't ever like get rid of a friend i mean unless they did something really personal but like for just because they have a different thought process than i do or they believe in something i don't necessarily agree with i won't get rid of them as a friend because i think it's actually important to keep that train of thought i I think some people don't want to be exposed to it i think it's important for me to still know it exists and I think that because of the political situation that is, I feel it started very much in the United States. The United States is the leader of the world. So for good things and for bad things. And I think that from 2016, when lies and calling people names and putting them in labels and bullying people was normal, you know, especially for the person who represents the country, then it's, it's trickling down. So more and more people are just putting other people in boxes and they don't want to converse and to communicate. So... That's our problem right now, you know, that we, 
And that's what I always say. Aries, for example, is the leader because Aries is the first sign associated with the one. So think about people like Moses. Moses was an Aries. And he came up with Shema Adonai, Adonai Echad, which basically means God is one. And then you have another Aries, which is Muhammad. La ilai is Allah, Muhammad Rasulallah. Everything is one. Then you have a person like Joseph Campbell, who was an Aries, who came up with the idea of monomyth, that all myths are basically saying the same thing. So there is something about Aries that wants to be the leader by saying everything is one. Everything is one. The hero with a thousand faces. It's one hero or heroine with many, many faces. We're all the same. Jesus, Muhammad, Moses, they're the same. You know, that's a true leader. That's what Aries says. Let's go together. What is not a real leader? That becomes a ruler by separation by divisiveness, us and them. The immigrants are rapists. Um, these people, the, the, the Jews are bad. Or like in Poland, the guy said that every problem that Poland has is because the gays. Five years ago when he was elected, it was the immigrants. It's always about saying somebody else is the issue and galvanizing the base. People talk a lot about base, Netanyahu's base, Trump base. What is base? 20, 30%, 35% of the country, you know, and they're relying only on their support. Therefore, they're alienating everybody else. They're divisive. Therefore, they're not leaders. They're placeholders until a real leader that comes and unites people come into power because real leaders unite because that's the, that's the definition of a leader, at least astrologically. And can you see, like in the chart, when you look ahead, can you see a time where there is unification that's coming? There, the, you know, the conjunction is a big unification. So Saturn and that's, yeah, but that really depends if somebody will be able to take the mental because to channel that kind of energy is very, very tough. Not a lot of people can channel that energy. So we will have to have a leader. Um, you know, a lot of people tell me in Israel, they give up, they give up. I mean, my sister is going to demonstration, you know, every week, twice a week. Uh, and they're basically um, not asking for anything besides end of corruption in, um, in Israel which is not like a leftist agenda and all that. One of the reasons why they're having a hard time with the demonstration to um, make them, um, how do you call it, to, to kind of like put them down or to, or to erase them is because there's no leading uh, force there. There's a lot of people that come together with different kind of agendas. They're just saying the situation is terrible. But one of the things that all of these groups are saying, even though some of them are more to the right, some of them more to the left, is that there's no alternative. So that's why they're stuck with the leader that everybody knows is, is a liar and a crook. You know, because there's nobody else. What do you mean there's nobody else? First of all, revolution give birth to leaders. And it can happen like that. It's a synchronicity. And there's so many talented people in America and talented people in Poland and talented people in Germany and all over the world. People are amazing. I mean, human beings are amazing. I really have a lot of trust in human beings. So we have to find somebody that can channel these kind of energies. And again, in the right time, you meet the right teacher. In the right time, you come, the right politician comes. Amazing. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about like what people can expect from this course. I mean, I just feel like everyone should do it. Do you have to, you can be any level and do this course? Yeah. I mean, the thing about the astrology that we're going to do, because it's also involved a little bit with Kabbalah and different concepts, even people that studied astrology, I think will find it interesting in a different way. People that have never, never, never heard about astrology, the whole idea of this is to start from scratch. So we're going to talk about the first time, we're going to talk about the signs themselves, trying to understand where they're coming from, the rising sign, the idea of the houses. The second time, we're going to talk about more how to interpret it, how to identify those. The third meeting, we'll talk about aspects. So it depends also on the group itself and 
how people feel comfortable. But um, again, go to your, I think you're going to have a link. You have a link there to uh, get their chart uh, to make sure that they bring it with them. We're going to have a handout that explains also certain things. And then uh, we're going to share the recording so people can actually um, see it again and study it again. I already did it in, uh, when did I do it? In May, I think, June and May. And it was amazing. I mean, still people are emailing me that they're managing to dive even deeper. It's kind of a taste of astrology that I think that, A, you'll be able to read your chart. Uh, B, it will give you the tools um, and hopefully the infrastructure to continue studying on your own. No, I think it's amazing. And especially with everything going on, I think it's, it's so fascinating right now. Do you, when you talk, you were going to tell a story about kind of the leaders of... Yeah, I mean, we'll do it, I guess, in the first class. <laughs> okay. it's kind of long. And it's, oh, okay. um, it's basically a story that I came up to tell myself in order to understand how the signs, why the signs come one after the other. And it's basically that the gist of it is that God and goddess had 12 children, six boys, six girls, because the chart in the, the astrology signs is is uh, arranged one masculine, one feminine, one masculine, one feminine. And uh, they had this, this room full of gifts and they asked their kids one after the other to come in and take from the room whatever they want to rule, whatever they want to be in charge of. So we'll go and see which sign took what and why and, um, and the dynamic between them. I love that. And then one last question, because you talked about this last time, well, the last live one we did, so I guess a couple times ago. If someone has, what do you call it? If someone has a sun, if, if they're rising, their sun and their moon are all the same sign. Yeah, basically what it means is that they're a triple, whatever that sign is. Or if you have your rising sign and your moon sign, you're a double. Or if you have your sun and the moon in different places, in the same sign, it's a double. It just means that you decided in this lifetime to really focus on that uh, archetype and to bring it to the point of uh, completion or perfection. Okay. I'm so into it because I hope people get that. Again, like you said, it's helping direct because I feel like if you know that, then there, you, you just pay attention to yourself differently. I feel like. Yeah. You and also you develop compassion towards other people. So for example, um, if you know that Aries is I am and they tend to talk about themselves a lot, then you forgive your friend or your husband who is in Aries. Okay. He's being in Aries now. He's going to talk about himself. Let him have it. And then I can talk about my dead grandmother. Um, the Taurus, if they're very stubborn, okay, I get it. They're stubborn because it's a fixed sign. They're supposed to hold uh, the, the roof uh, from falling down so they can be stubborn, but it's good that they're stubborn. If they're not stubborn, the, the roof is going to fall. You know, Geminis talk too much. They talk, they talk, they talk. Okay, but that's their job. They're delivering messages. So every three sentences, there should be a sentence or two that is actually very, very relevant. I let them have their spiel. You know what I mean? So you learn compassion towards the sign once you understand where they're coming from. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for always being so amazing. You're Everybody welcome. Sign up. It starts September 5th. It's four classes. Mm -hmm. It's going to blow your mind. Gal's the best teacher ever and the most Thank best. Thank you. And I, I love talking to you. I mean, honestly, I could talk to you for two more hours because every time I talk to you, I'm always like, there's a million things to talk about. You're just so brilliant. So to shed any of that brilliance, oh, I appreciate it. Well, thanks a lot for giving us this platform and this uh, space physically, which we hope we can start using again more often after January and digital, which we are using all the time and hopefully for the future. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I'll be in your class on September 5th. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Fin Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.